0: This is Feather Forum, the podcast by Canadian Poultry Magazine, Canada's leading source for poultry news, research, and trends for more than 100 years. You've tuned in to hear important conversations with industry leaders, producers, researchers, and other experts. Hi, and welcome to the final episode of this year's Top 4 Under 40 podcast series. In this episode, we talked to Richard Boer of Brightside Poultry. Based in Chilliwack, BC, Richard built a diverse poultry farming business from the ground up. It includes specialty chicken, layers, pullets, and an innovative retail store with a unique vending machine. He also takes the time to give back, including volunteering at an egg farm in Africa. Before we begin, I'd like to thank our program sponsors for their support, including our gold sponsors, AVHN and Egg Farmers Canada, and our silver sponsor, Canadian Hatching Egg Producers. Now let's talk to Richard. Can you start by telling us a little bit about your background in poultry production?
1: Everything started in 2013. We, we were new entrant winners uh, into the broiler industry. So in May of 2013, we built our first broiler barn and we grow uh, specialty Asian birds for Wingtat. I'm a dairy farmer my my parents are dairy farmers my grandparents were dairy farmers I my wife's family are dairy farmers like I know I know about cows so when we won when uh yeah when, when me and my wife and we won the new entrant program I had never actually held a chicken before in my life <laughs> so um yeah I went out found some really knowledgeable people that were willing to give me some good advice and yeah, just leaned on them to mentor me and, and, you know, they, they weren't, a yeah, they were willing to answer any questions that I had and yeah, with the help of, uh, one of those guys was was uh, or is uh, one of the equipment dealers locally here, and he helped me build a barn, uh, helped me figure out what equipment would we needed, um, why certain equipment was better than others, and yeah, just uh, when the whole project was done, they they dropped off a bunch of checks and. That was the first time I
0: ever held a chicken. So what inspired you to get into chickens?
1: I saw an advertisement for the new entrant program. Yeah, just on a whim. I said, hey, why not? (laughs) Um, Being from dairy farming, um, understanding supply management, it's, yeah, it was just an opportunity. So I... filled out the application and just put my name in the hat and yeah we were selected
0: and from there you got into eggs can you tell us about that transition bc
1: had a had a quota exchange and there was a significant amount of quota that was for sale and we always we were looking to expand our poultry operation we sat down with our with our bankers, and I sat down with the equipment dealers, kind of put a business plan together. Um, we realized if we got a certain amount of uh, quota that we could cash flow it and so we decided to to put a bid in on the exchange, and that was that was how we got started so um yeah when the exchange ran we we had a we had a year from the time that we purchased the quota to to put the quota into production and yeah built the barn and expanded into into the layers
0: too so i heard once you're in the egg sector you went through a couple of housing transitions so can you Tell us where you started and where you ended up. Yeah, so we
1: started with a free free run brown production. We built a uh, we built a shallow pit slat barn, very simple management, um, not a lot of moving equipment. So it it was just. Yeah, I wasn't really looking for, like, we wanted to expand poultry, but we didn't really want a labor-intensive, you know, project. So we decided to go with just a free-run brown bird. Um, When there was more quota for sale, our grading station uh, requested that we move to organic production. And so this was before the barn was even built. We were, we were insulating walls and decided that because this is what the processor or the grader wanted, we would move to organic. So we quickly cut some holes in the wall, added some pop-up doors and yeah, halfway through building it was already doing a renovation on a building so that we could go into organic production. Um, yeah, we did, we did two cycles of birds in that barn, but because of the requirements for organic, uh, the birds need extra square footage. It became pretty obvious that we were gonna outgrow this barn really quickly. So we, we again decided to build a third barn and then we were gonna, we were gonna put in uh, aviary equipment so that we could capitalize on, on more square footage of equipment in the barn to, to meet the organic standards. So then in 2019, we, we built the third barn. Um, when, when we were planning on building the third barn, uh, talking to a lot of other, other farmers that have done aviary, we realized that, uh, having a good pullet would be really important, uh, having a bird that's trained properly, like right from day one. So then we decided to also build a a pullet barn at the same time.
0: So you're now in a pretty diverse range of areas. So how do you manage all those different areas?
1: Yeah, I had to learn how to delegate. I'm I'm a person that really likes to be hands on. I yeah I find I find managing employees to be the hardest part of my job. So. Um, yeah, I did a lot of work on learning how to manage people, how to delegate, how to let things go and get things off my plate and let other
0: people help me. <laughs> and so I know you also have an interesting retail business, Brightside Eggs. And so you can tell us about some of the innovative things you do with that, like in terms of the vending machine, anything else?
1: Yeah, um so we started Brightside Eggs in 2019 and originally we saw an article um in an agriculture magazine and it was two brothers in Ireland that were selling potatoes out of a out of a locker style vending machine And we just thought that that was, that was just fantastic. And we live on a road right on the edge of Chilliwack. We've got 30, I think 34,000 cars a day drive past our farm. So yeah, myself, my wife, my brother-in-laws, we've always thought in the back of our head that we would retail something from our from our farm site just because we have location we just had no idea what it was and in 2019 when or in 2017 when when we started egg production we realized that it was eggs we could easily sell eggs from from farm gate um ungraded uh to to our community, to the, to the people that drive by every day. And and finally in 2018, when we were planning on building the third barn, we went to Germany to go look at the poultry equipment that we were going to put in the new barn. And then at the same time decided to go look for some of these vending machines that, that we saw in this article earlier uh you know a year earlier so we went to the vending machine manufacturer saw the machine uh liked it ordered it and they put it into the same sea can that our poultry equipment was in and yeah we we built a nice little storefront and started selling ungraded eggs on the side of the road so and once our store opened we had uh, we had some pretty good buy-in right away from from the local traffic they uh, yeah they they liked it they thought buying eggs out of a vending machine was really neat and then all of a sudden covid happened and now you know, we were told we weren't supposed to go out of our house. We weren't supposed to socialize with people. We're constantly washing hands and all this. And when there was a shortage on on eggs in the grocery store, we we couldn't keep up. Um, so just down just down the road from our farm. Uh, we've also got a Walmart, and Walmart didn't have any eggs on the shelf, and people started leaving Walmart, driving three minutes to our farm, and buying eggs direct from us. And once once people once people use the machine, they realize it's contactless. There's no COVID risk. it is clean, it's sanitized, it's just a great way to buy contactless eggs. Everybody just kept coming back and that roadside business has really just exploded.
0: Yeah, it seems like more and more retail is going contactless. Like, uh, we get pizza all the time, you just go in and show your barcode and you don't even interact with someone, so it seems like you guys are kind of part of that trend.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the timing for opening this this vending machine egg stand was just perfect. So um, we've now got to a point where uh, our consumers are just looking for for more. Um, So we we took out our old machine that came from Europe and we found a local solution uh, and we got a company to actually build us uh, a new vending machine and found some guys that have done some i.t work for other uh, contactless pickup solutions and we are in the process right now of just completely renovating our egg shop that was two years old and making it four times bigger and adding two thirds more doors. And we're not only going to sell eggs, we're going to add other local, uh, local produce, um, berries, blueberries, strawberries, um, some dairy products, breads, just yeah a whole little local
0: contactless
1: farmer's market all in one little building. So.
0: You have both broilers and layers, so uh, how do you compare how do you find the two compare? i really I really like uh, the
1: layers. Um, yeah i find I find with broilers you get you get chicks, and before you know it, they're gone um, i especially now that we have our own pullet barn, um, like you get to raise a bird right from hatching all the way through its production cycle, and yeah, they're here for you know almost a year and a half, and it's yeah, you get attached to each flock, like each flock has its own personality, and you really get to know. The birds. So I, I like, I like the layers, um, just because you get to work with the same animal for for longer.
0: Okay, and I know you're really involved with av- uh, some advocacy efforts. So what what have you found? What have you found have been some of the most impactful programs you've participated in?
1: Uh, yeah, I. Went to the to Project Canaan um, with Hearts for Africa and and saw the the layer operation that they built there. Um, it was a real eye opener. Um, yeah, it you, yeah, like being in North America, you really realize that when you know people start complaining about their food um you know how it was how it was grown or or you know um what production type this egg came from or that meat was from or how this was grown or how that was grown um so go to africa and hand out eggs in a very poor community like you really realize that here in north america we've we've never been hungry um they when you when we saw the when we saw the children in that community they they just wanted food it didn't matter how um It was raised or what production it was like there's really truly hungry people out there and there's a lot more there's a lot more issues that that matter than you know if if it's organic or free runner or a caged egg um so yeah it was uh it was a real, it was a real eye-opening experience. And for our, for our family, um, you know, me and my wife, like we've said, if there's, if there's going to be charities that, that, you know, ask for money that we're going to donate to, we're always going to pick a charity that you know, helps feed those that are in need. Um, You know, we're we're in the business of food production and it's what we do. So if we're going to help people, we're going to help by, you know, making sure that they're not hungry.
0: Going back to what you were saying about how important mentors were for you. So uh, how are you what advice do you get to people for finding like a good group of mentors? I think when I, when I found the people that, that really,
1: that really helped me, I don't even know if they realize how much help they were giving me. Like a really good piece of advice would be that there is no stupid questions. You don't know, unless you ask the mentors, the mentors that I found, they Oh, they just gave me such great advice, but they're just regular, ordinary people. And I don't even know if they realize the impact that they've even had on me.
0: (laughs) What advice would you would you give to an up-and-coming producer about how to become a successful poultry leader? Don't be afraid to try.
1: Starting out from not having held a chicken. I never saw inside a chicken barn. It was just, I'm going to have to try this. I'm going to have to trust that I'm getting good advice. I'm going to have to trust other people and I'm just going to have to try. And
0: yeah, not, not being afraid to try. Okay, and then lastly, so what are your future plans for the business? uh well we we built our our new layer
1: barn and we built a new pullet barn so that we have enough room for expansion Um, so we're definitely hoping to expand on the layer side of things um down the road if there's other opportunities to yeah get get some more layer quota uh, we're we're ready for it, so uh, I think that's the short term goal is uh is fill up the facilities that we've now built for, and down the road, who knows <laughs> so um, yeah, like. It it has been a it's been a pretty crazy eight years, and if you would have asked me eight years ago that we'd have four barns on our property with with poultry in all of them, I would have told you that you're crazy. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know what another eight years how what we'll be doing or or
0: how we'll expand. I couldn't I couldn't tell you all right great well thanks a lot for your time thank you thanks for tuning in to feather forum the podcast by canadian poultry magazine to catch up on all of our other episodes visit canadianpoultrymag.com slash podcasts